Theme music for the Spot Report, courtesy of Pastor Casper McLeod and Renee Truax. Thank you, friends. There's a spot for you over here. Hi friends, welcome to another Spot Report. I'm your co-host, Pastor Mike Spaulding, joined as always by my beautiful co-host, my wife, Kathy. Thank you so much. <laughs> you love those introductions? <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> yep. Well, they are well-deserved, my dear. So we're talking today about Psalm 27. I had a friend in Indiana that messaged me earlier today and he was reading and and then was listening uh, viewing a sermon by someone and and they were talking about psalm 27 and i thought boy that's that's a beautiful psalm most people are familiar with it at least the first few verses and i thought well well let's let's uh let's talk about that today in in the spot report by way of encouragement and then we've got some other things we want to cover but Psalm 27, if you've joined us today, you have your Bible, please turn there with us. Uh, Kathy, I think you're going to read the first four verses. I am. So Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. If an army encamps against me, my heart will not fear. If war again, rises against me, in spite of this, I am confident. One thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. Amen. 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 So what struck me about that, Kathy, and we were chatting a little bit before we went on the air about it, is that um, the Lord, especially in verse 4, as, as we look at verse 4, um, David is saying that he prays, he asks the Lord. So I, I see this as, as a prayer there that um, he is asking the Lord in prayer that he can dwell in the house of the Lord. And notice it says, all the days of my life, all the days of my life. So he he wants to be in God's presence, moment by moment. This isn't just a a uh, a heavenly thing. That this isn't talking about eternity. He says all the days of my life. So so he wants to be where the Lord is at in the Lord's presence. He says he wants to behold the beauty of the Lord. How many how many times have we really considered that our hearts? long for uh, our spirits our souls long to behold uh, the beauty of the lord um i think that's that's powerful what, what, what do you think well you know when I, when i read that it took me back to psalm 23 where it says surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and i will live in the house forever house of the Lord forever. And I, I think of that when I see that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Yes. And I, I, you know, that's going to happen obviously when we get to heaven, but I'm picturing it now in my life uh, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, my actual life. Lord, let me live there in that house with you 
Let me see your beauty. Let me meditate in your temple. So I, I picture that happening to me right now. Yes. Amen. Yeah. That's a good perspective. <laughs> we want to be in the presence of the Lord and, and we need to understand that we are uh, always in the presence of the Lord. Uh, we have the spirit of God living within us as uh, born again, blood bought, spirit filled mm -hmm. believers. Yes. Um, and that means that we're constantly uh, in the Lord's presence. We, um, Jesus calls us friends, and that's that's an interesting picture um, of who we are in Christ. That uh, we are brothers and sisters in in Him, and we are we are His friends. And man, what a what a high and lofty thing that is that the Lord would call us friends. Yeah, that the word friend is intimate to me. Um, because I don't take friendships lightly. If you, if you are my friend, uh, that's very important to me. So the fact that the Lord would consider us to be his friend, that's amazing yeah. to me. Yeah, it really is. The word has so many nuggets of truth all throughout that, um, it's nice to just pause and take a few moments and, and dwell on those things, meditate. Uh, on, on the word and different aspects of it. Um, now I know, uh, dear, we've we've talked an awful lot lately about uh, what is happening in our nation, and and sometimes it's easy to get um, to get bogged down talking about all of the things that are wrong in our nation, right. all of the things yeah. that we see that that really trouble us. Um, but it's good to focus on those things that are good. Now, one of the things, and, and as you know, um, Dr. Dr. Michael Lake and I recorded a, a kingdom war room, not too very long ago, a couple of weeks ago, probably that, um, we were talking about, um, revival and, um, what, what true biblical revival looks like. And I thought maybe we would just spend some time talking about those elements or those characteristics that, and, and let me say this uh, for those of you who have joined us today, these are, these are characteristics that I think we should be praying for the manifestation of broadly across um, the ecclesias all across this nation. And in fact, across this world, um, this, these are things that I think we should be focusing on. And, and one of them is uh, when there is a spiritual awakening or, or a spirit led outbreak, what we might call an awakening or, or even, even revival, um, the focus, the emphasis, if you will, is going to be on on Jesus, and um, okay. I would call people's attention if if you if you'd like to study this um, Acts chapter two, verses thirty six through forty seven. Talk about this, but the emphasis is going to be on Jesus, isn't it, dear? It is. Um, I'm going to read Acts two thirty six, which says, "Therefore, let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him." 
both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Amen. Both Lord and Christ. Now, um, the thing about that in that chapter there in Acts 2 is that uh, Peter had boldness. He <laughs> he told them mm. right, right to their face, um, let it be known to you when he says, therefore, yes. let all the house of Israel know for certain. <laughs> and, and so notice what happens then um, in verse 37, when, when Peter makes this bold proclamation mm-hmm. uh, about Christ, God sent, and um, that the people uh, called for his, his death, his crucifixion, it says in verse 37, when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. It it broke them when they the proclamation of Christ as as Lord and Savior who came and you crucified it it, mm-hmm. it broke them. Now I find that very interesting. I'm just I'm just thinking uh, we're going through the Book of Revelation right now at Calvary, and um, um, one of the things that uh, that we know happens at the end, just before uh, the return of Christ, the second coming, at the end of the time of Jacob's trouble, we call it the tribulation. Um, Zechariah chapter 12 is going to be fulfilled. Um, and I, I believe it's verse 10. It says that, um, the people will look on him whom they have pierced and they will mourn. And this yes. is this is speaking specifically to um, the Jewish people, mm-hmm. to Israel. And um, that's exactly what Peter has told them here. And we know what happened as a result of that, don't we? Uh, we, sh- we sure do. I'm looking at... Uh... Verse 38, I mean, the apostles are saying, brothers, what are we to do? 38 says, Peter said to them, repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yes, yeah. So so Peter was, was talking to uh, those that were gathered there. Of course, this is, this is um, a very powerful section of, uh, of, of scripture. Um, and we know that anytime that Jesus is proclaimed <laughs> it is a powerful, powerful passage of, of scripture. And when they heard this, so this is the crowd. That's all the Jews from all the different neighbors. Remember the context is they were there for Passover. And so they, when they heard this, they were pierced and they said to Peter, yes. what do we do? Yep. We are, we are broken here. And so give, give us some guidance. We, and now you wouldn't be broken, would you? If, if you didn't agree with what right. Peter had said, right? That's exactly right. Pierced to the heart. That's, yeah. that's a huge word right there. Pierced. That means yes. it's split open and it's vulnerable yeah. and, and it hurts. And I mean, you're looking at it. It's spilled out onto the ground. It's pierced. Yes. Amen. Yeah. So repent and be baptized. <laughs> that's that's amazing. So so if we are to see a spiritual awakening, we should be praying that when that hits, the emphasis will be on Jesus. The focus will be on 
Jesus and yes. not on, well, I'm just going to say it. This may upset some folks. The emphasis in a real spiritual awakening and an outbreak that is led by the Holy Spirit, the emphasis is going to be on Jesus. Yes. It isn't going to be on worship as a first priority. It will break people and you will be calling out for Jesus. You will be speaking about Jesus. You'll be preaching about Jesus. There's going to be um, uh, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit for prayer that always accompanies a spiritual awakening. Focused is, is Jesus Christ. There's going to be brokenness. There's going to be prayer. There's going to be uh, a hunger for the word, mm-hmm. isn't there, dear? There sure is. Um, a lot of people focus on the emotion. Mm-hmm. And, uh, boy, you're getting off on the wrong foot when you're doing that. Yeah, because emotions, your emotions, friends, uh, not a good barometer to judge the authenticity of most things because your emotions will deceive you. And, and I might even say this, Kathy, I think sometimes the enemy sets the table for people to walk right into a deception. And he does that by, by leading them along an emotional path. Yeah. And um, they continue to respond emotionally to things and when he gets you to the proper place he's going to spring the trap so emotion is not a good barometer generally speaking and um, that's what I see in too many places today uh, in the ecclesias especially around this subject of of worship it seems Mm -hmm. to be almost exclusively now about your emotional experience. If, if, If you don't have a satisfying emotional experience to what is presented as worship, then you don't think you worshiped. Right. That's dangerous, dear. Yes, it is. You know, uh, Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? So, of course, the, the heart in Jewish thinking is the is the seat of emotion, um, but it's also Correct. the seat of uh, our volition, our will. And so when, when what we feel begins to lead or inform what we know is true, then we've got a problem. That's that's backwards. The mind and what we know, especially when it comes to the faith, what we know to be true has to lead the way mm-hmm. because, because we cannot afford to be led in our thinking by our emotions. Right. How many times does that get people in trouble, Kathy? Every day. Every yeah. day. It gets people in trouble all the time. Um I've used this illustration many times. I tell people, listen, if you are a born-again believer, the Holy Spirit is residing in you. And I believe one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is to apply as often as it is necessary the five-second rule. And the (laughs) five-second rule, (laughs) 
Kathy yes, knows sir. what the five second rule is. <laughs> I'm 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 believing most of our listeners know what it is too, but the five <laughs> second rule means that the Holy Spirit's going to give you a check and he's going to to encourage you to consider whether or not what you're thinking of saying is really fruitful, beneficial, mm-hmm. edifying, or even godly correction. Because a lot of times what we want to say in response to things through our emotions is what will appeal to the flesh or right. make us feel better in that moment. But I can tell you something. I've I've fallen victim to that enough times over the years that I've learned just because I'm thinking it doesn't mean it has to come out my mouth. Just because you you are thinking it doesn't mean that it would yes. be edifying in the moment. So it's important for us to be able to control our mouth. James wrote a couple of chapters on that in his his epistle. Yes. Um, Comparing the tongue to a rudder on a ship. Yep. And and a, and a raging fire. Yes. Yep. So, so Jesus has to be the emphasis. Um, I, I think there's going to be uh, a, a passion for prayer. There's, there's going to be a brokenness. And, and, and let's talk about this for, for just a second, this brokenness, because there's going to be a brokenness first in the body of Christ because revival happens first in the body of Christ. Now that thought should also speak something to us. If revival begins in the body of Christ, that means the body of Christ has some areas that they need to repent Mm -hmm. of, come clean about, Remove all the leaven, if you will, because a little well, leaven, as yeah. the scripture says, what? Leaven's the whole. Leaven's the whole loaf. Yeah. yeah. So if if the Church of Jesus Christ, the Ecclesia, is going to be um, the power and the moral lighthouse that we're called to be in this culture, then we need revival drastically. And yeah. um, so there's going to be a hunger for the word. That's that's of course um, what what is my wheelhouse. I guess um, is that the word of God must be taught, proclaimed, used as uh, um, as the tool for discipleship. It's it's the word. It's not anything worldly. It's not. Uh, what seems good from the world system, but it's the word of God that we are to mm-hmm. use as the tool of uh, discipleship. Yes. So there's also something else that goes on, dear, and this is that I'm I'm so grateful, thankful that the Lord has given us this this passion, us and and those that call Calvary home. I see it every day. I hear it in their conversations. Um. There's going to be a, a burden for the lost, isn't there? Yes, there sure is. And yep. and, and that's because when when um, true spiritual awakening comes, when the spirit falls upon a 
God's people in, in, a, in a way of refreshing and revitalizing and restoring and all of those things, mm-hmm. there is going to be a heart cry for those that are, that are lost in their sin, that are separated from God, and that we know yes. their destiny is going, to be, um, is going to be the lake of fire, ultimately. And uh, that should that should cause us to grieve. To th- and there are we have family members, yes, that are are not saved, and that that grieves me, Kathy. We've had conversations yes. about this a number of times over the years. We've you and I have been we were saved uh, about three months apart forty years ago now. And when, when we were saved, we wanted to tell everybody about, about Jesus and, and started with our families. And we uh, grieve that there are still some. I'm, yes. I'm thankful that, that all four of our daughters are, are walking with the Lord and, and uh, all five of my sisters. And um, we've got nieces and nephews that, that are not. And right. um, that, that, that grieves me. I, I, I remember a, uh, a poem a friend of mine, uh, Tom Gilson, wrote a long time ago. It was many years ago now. Um, and I forget the lines of it, but, but one, of, one of the lines that, that I still recall is that I want to set up a mission right in front of the gates of hell. Yes. To try and stop, prevent, yes. and persuade people not to enter in. Yes. I think that's the mission of the Ecclesia today, don't you? Yeah. You know, right after we got saved, I used to talk to my dad um, about the Lord all the time. And he would make comments, oh, you know, that's good for you. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy for you. And it's working out and all that. Oh, right before uh, my dad passed away, we got a chance to... Uh, to witness to him in a hospital room and he was on a vent and he couldn't speak, but Mike presented the gospel to him. And I honestly, uh, Mike, don't you think, I honestly believe that my dad accepted Christ that night and four hours later he was gone. So there are such things as a deathbed experience, um, but don't wait. You know, you're missing out on so much if you think you have until that very last minute to, to accept the Lord and for your family members, I would suggest keep talking to them, you know, keep praying for them and keep talking and witnessing and planting those seeds because we are sowers. We, and you know, if, if given the opportunity, we're able to reap, but sometimes we just water seeds that other people have planted. So don't ever give up on your family members. Keep praying. Yes. Amen. Cause uh, God never gives up on, on people. They, That's right. people, I, I was speaking about this the other day, dear, and I, I see we're we're getting close to the end of this episode already. That it goes fast, but um, I was speaking the other day about the significance of God's creation. Um, we it's easy for us to look at people and say, "Well, they're probably in the position that they're in for a." for a reason. And we could probably list off three or four or five. Well, they're, they're in this position because of this, this, this. And it's like, how arrogant and presumptuous 
of us to think we know what somebody's life has consisted of that's brought them to a point of whether it's destitution, poverty, homelessness, living on the streets, drug addiction, you name it, it doesn't matter. How presumptuous and arrogant of us to think we understand a person's life we've never met or seen before. I think we should lead with compassion, with love, and with reaching out with the hands of Christ to help people rather than because whether we want to admit it or understand it this way or not, that is judging people, and that is not judging people righteously. So my point is that the people are significant. We are all born imagers of God. Human beings are imagers of God. Now, sin has marred that, and deliberately living or continuing in sin mars that, but God doesn't desire that anyone should perish and be separated from him. He desires that all men come to saving faith in him. And so I think that's a good principle to keep in mind when we're talking about uh, this context of spiritual awakening or, or revival. There's, mm-hmm. there's going to be a burden for the lost, and, and that burden will be hindered or even, even uh, hijacked if we don't see people the same way that God sees people, that is Boy, that significant true. and worthy of his love. Amen, dear. Amen. Boy, that's so true. Can't imagine how it would be if somebody had looked at us like that and let us go because they thought we were a lost cause. You <laughs> yeah. know, I mean, seriously, yeah. before the Lord, we were both heathens. And yeah. uh, we, yet we continued to have people that stepped in and uh, witnessed to us. And yeah. Uh, you know, without yeah. the, without those folks, who knows? I mean, step in, be stand in the gap, stand at the mm-hmm. gates of hell. Don't let Damn your family it. go. You know. Yes. Yes. Deep, deep and abiding fellowship with God, friends. That's what we are after. He will maintain that and sustain that, and uh, as we walk with Him and yield ourselves to Him, day by day, Kathy. Thanks for the great conversation, but we are out of time again, dear. How is that even possible? Did, did not we just get started? <laughs> well, it is our it is our goal to keep these to to digestible bites of encouragement <laughs> and information, uh, <laughs> strategic, prophetic, overcomers training and tactics. Amen, brother. Amen. Thanks for joining us today, friends. You can go to drmikespalding.com, drmikespalding.com to listen to every episode. And you can also find out how you can support us in the Transforming Word ministry. Here, that's it for today. We will see you folks again soon. God bless you. That's a wrap. <laughs>